Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk and Knicks. We're back after a brief hiatus, All-Star Weekend was fun maybe we'll talk about that that sounds fun it's more fun than the knicks um i'm here with my good friend tom tom let's talk next okay <laughs> all right we're here ready to talk next it's been two weeks Knicks have only had two games they played the wizards then the all-star break occurred and then they played the pacers both losses. Um, I think R.J. Barrett lost in the uh, the uh, rookie sophomore game, Rising Stars game, as they call it these days. I guess we'll start with the Wizards game. Natural seems like a natural point to start. That was the first thing that happened. Well, Greg, Knicks. Greg, no, uh, no, hey, how how are you? Oh, yeah, let's do that. That sounds much better than talking about the next. I, I forgot. I just, I was just. I've been out of it for a couple of weeks, so let's go. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? <laughs> you, know, you know what it was? Well, you know what it was? It was you saying, yeah. <laughs> that definitely threw you off your off your game a little bit. And we are rusty, um, but I, I'm doing okay. I, I'm doing a little better than I sound. I lost my voice this weekend. I got a little sick, but uh, I'm feeling much better. I, I kind of sound terrible, though. So I figured I lost my voice. Might as well do a podcast. Um but in in general, it was it was a good uh, good All Star break. Nice last couple of weeks. Um, probably my favorite two weeks of the season because there was just like not a lot of basketball. Um, and I know I, I didn't go anywhere fun or fancy. I know you went to Vermont. You you like did a big trip. Yeah, I was up in Vermont for President's Day weekend with your brother. We uh, and a bunch of others. There's twenty other people, but your brother is the person I drove there with. And so we had a we had a time. We drank. We were merry for for a brief moment in time. That sounds great. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I wish it, I'd love to do something like that someday. Yeah, I mean, I got a problem where when people are partying, I have to stay awake until everyone else goes to sleep. It's just like a. Is that a FOMO thing? What is that? I don't know. It's just like I. I'm not going to sleep if you're still going to be awake. I'm not as I'm not soft, you know. Were you like that as like a child at sleepovers too? I don't remember my childhood. It's <laughs> all, but I probably I don't know. Unless I'm like really tired. There's definitely been times in my life where I've been like, I'm not going to be naturally. There's been a few times, but usually I have it in me that I'm like I just stay awake. But you remember- I think rot. You remember that being as like a, a little kid at sleepovers, n- not wanting to be the first one to go to bed because then they no. everyone would like tag you or, or just like mess with you if you were the first one to fall asleep. I'm talking like when you were s- like seven, eight, nine, like when you first were starting to be allowed yeah. to do sleepovers. Yeah, I don't think I was the first person to sleep back in the day. It was very, very doubtful. And I think that's carried on. I'm still scared of people putting my hand in the warm cup of water. That's why I do it. Is that that's like, why I stay up? Is that an old wives' tale, or does that actually work? Does that make you urinate? I I feel like that's not real. 
Um, but I might, I might do that to my wife tonight and just see like if that's actually a real thing. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll report back on next week's podcast. Say, hey, my wife peed, peed the, bed. the bed. Yeah, I peed the bed last week, Dan. <laughs> uh, I would lose in that scenario, though, because we share a bed. So, um. <laughs> All right, well, wish I could do it to myself, but I, there's no way for me to know, unfortunately. Uh, what else? So, yeah, so. Went up to Vermont, partied Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And this is how, this is how you know you're getting older. And I'm only 28, but like you just can't drink anymore. I mean, although I just drank a lot, but it's pretty sweet. Then, then I was just like hungover. Monday when I drove back it was just like a horrible experience. Was just the entire time I was like, this is a horrible experience. And then Tuesday I went to work. And then after work, I went, hit the exercise bike, tried to sweat out the final toxins. Came back to my apartment. I just threw up a little bit. (laughs) Just from still hungover. Tuesday, after stopping drinking on a Sunday. (laughs) That is a delayed reaction that your body had. I mean, my body had, it was reacting the whole time. It was like, this isn't, this isn't good. (laughs) We're not having fun, Greg. Work. Wish we weren't here right now. But you on the exercise bike, you. Th- I don't know that sweating out the toxins is a real thing either. That might just be a wives' tale, also. That's another one of those hand in the water things. Yeah, I- I'm with you there. Yeah, so I tested it out. Maybe it worked. Maybe it makes you throw up. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No, I'm not hungover anymore. I don't think I dr- I didn't drink this weekend either. Really? Because you you were telling me you went into New York City this this weekend. You didn't drink. I did not. I did go to New York City. I did not drink. Okay. So my friend, I went. I'm moving to New York City to be closer to the Knicks to cover cover the team. No, I'm actually moving there to just work in a different office that's located in New York City. My friend. Wait, are you breaking Riblet. news right now? I don't. I don't even think I knew this. I feel like we talk every day. You're moving to New York when? You didn't know that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've been keeping up. I feel like you knew that. I feel like I've texted that. To, I've definitely said that in the group. I thought you were joking. Well, I, I, I was like, Jake, when are you moving to New York? I'm also moving to New York. Oh, I think I gave that, that like a ha-ha. I think, uh, <laughs> Tom laughed at. <laughs> uh, big news, I'm moving to New York. Ha-ha. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm moving there sometime. Uh, I don't know. So my the guy that I'm living with is gonna has to start work on March fourth. So sometime I'll, we'll start a lease at that point. My lease here doesn't end until April. But you you have an apartment. So you have an apartment in New York now. Not yet. I have to finish the application tomorrow. Hopefully they give us the okay. Then uh, then we can move in. I guess I don't know. Man. If it does if it doesn't work out, then it's his problem, not mine. You know, because I I still got this apartment for another month. Yeah, that's a great attitude for you to have. Yeah, I mean, tough life, Matt. I know you're listening. Sucks to be you. Because he's listening to this. Yeah, and not <laughs> not for any other reason. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we could talk about the Knicks, and then, you know, fine. when we get bored, when we get tired of talking about the Knicks, we'll go back to the hey, how are yous. <laughs> that's how I like to do, at least. When Jake's away, I just... The, the, the mice will play. There's no, there's no rules when I'm hosting. 
For so- somehow, somehow there's less rules when I host than when Jake hosts. It doesn't doesn't make sense, but no, it really doesn't. That's how it works. All right, game number one of two this week. Wizards one hundred and fourteen points. Knicks ninety six points. Knicks were leading this one at halftime, fifty to forty six. We were all excited, and then uh, third quarter happens. Wizards win it 31-23. We're still only down 77-73 after three. And then this next team after Marcus Morris was traded has been like fighting back in the fourth quarter. It's been kind of weird. It's been good to watch. They're exciting. They're like, all right, we're down four at the start of the third or start of the fourth. This may not be over. Um, Knicks survive for a little bit. Then at some point during this fourth quarter, Bradley Beal checks into the basketball game, and the Knicks just get absolutely destroyed from that point forward. Bradley Beal enters game 80-77, to 9.02 left. So Knicks losing by three with nine minutes left. Knicks lose this game by 18. So fifth, plus 15 for Bradley Beal in that last nine minutes. He's pretty good. He's uh, yeah. He was. He's definitely the best player on the court. So that uh, that makes sense. And I feel like Mar- I don't know who who would you want to guard Bradley Beal on this Knicks roster? Is it is it like Dotson? Is it Reggie Bullock? I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's it's hard to say. Mo Harkless is on this team now. He played twenty five minutes, put up four points for us. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Frank could guard Bradley Beal, right? Or not? Not. I just think he's too skinny. I'm just saying. Skinny. Just saying that's like who you would want to guard him because I think you want him on ones and twos. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's not guarding Bradley Beal, he's guarding Ish Smith. So I don't think you want to waste his defensive talents on Ish Smith. That being said, I don't know who was guarding him, but didn't work out for us. Although he was only 11 for 23, which is a little under 50%. So that's a big win. <laughs> I don't know. I will say I did not watch this game. I was already on all-star break mode. Um, so unless I, I don't know. Were there any, like, key takeaways for you in this one? Uh, anything about, like, Mo Harkless's debut? I, I watched him in this game against Indiana, and I, I wasn't all that impressed. So I, I was kind of curious what, what your initial impression of him has been. I mean, he was – it was Mo Harkless, as I expected. He's just like a, just like a guy to to start at the three, and you know, just give you twenty minutes of whatever. Twenty five minutes in this game. And, I mean, I feel like he's more of a minutes eater on like an actual basketball team than a, a contributor on a, on the New York Knicks. So, I know they were talking about buying him out, and they've decided that he's just going to stick with the Knicks for the rest of the season. I think he's. He's from New York City. He went to St. John's. So I like like that attitude that he wants to be here. Maybe I don't like it in practice, but I like the attitude. Like in, in theory, I'm a big Mo Harkless fan in theory. Yeah, I mean, might have made some sense to buy him out, but, I mean, who would be getting his minutes? It would be Kevin Knox, and, and I'd like to see Kevin Knox – get more minutes sure but it would not be because I want to see winning basketball because I don't think Kevin actually contributes to that at this point but that's the goal right like you play him 
more minutes and he he develops, I know that's going to be a whole separate conversation. But, I mean, I don't have much more to say about this Wizards game in particular. So if we want to, like, fast forward to this Pacers one that just happened. Well, I mean, the minutes distribution will probably be a bigger discussion. But this Wizards game, Knicks were actually favored by some amount of points, maybe three, I'll say. That might be made up, but that might also be right. And I'm sure no one will look it up. So I'm going to confidently say the Knicks were favored by three in this basketball game. That sounds right. And the minutes distribution is tough on this one, Tom. Really? From what you want to see post Marcus Morris trade, you got R.J. Barrett with 29 minutes. That's good, but he's only five for 16. His shooting has been tough. We'll talk about that later. But you got Frank, 11 minutes. Dennis Smith Jr., 6 minutes. Dotson, 6 minutes. Knox, 10 minutes. Mitchell Robinson, 18 minutes. Mitchell Robinson at least had five fouls <laughs> to to give some sort of reason for him not playing all those minutes. But the rest of those guys, that was bad. Wayne Ellington had 15 minutes for comparison's sake. That's more than Dennis Smith Jr. and Dotson combined. Yeah, it. I mean, it's it's tough. Like Wayne Ellington is also just coming off a DNP coach's decision. I don't know if he like had a little injury or something for this Indiana game, but the the minutes allocation has been just bizarre. Like Wayne Ellington going from 15 minutes to getting a straight up DNP. It just seems like I don't know. It's really hard for for Coach Miller too because he's kind of a lame duck, right? Like he it's kind of a given that he will not be here next season. So what incentive does he – I guess his only incentive is to show other teams what he can do. Um, I, frankly, like, does he care at all about the development of these young players if he knows nearly for certain he's not going to be here? Probably not, right? Like, it behooves him to play Alfred Payton 31 minutes because Alfred Payton, like – is probably a, a more impactful player at this point than – I mean, certainly more than Dennis Smith Jr., and, and more than Frank even. So, like, as fans, we want to see the young guys playing because, you know, they're, we expect them to be there for, for seasons after this. But, you know, the guy actually giving the minutes, he doesn't care really, right? Is that Do you think that's the right take? Uh, that sounds probably right-ish. But this next game, the minutes distribution was a little bit better. Or, I mean, a lot better. But also, Alfred Payton was injured. so. Oh, yeah, that that definitely you know, had to do with it. <laughs> you really never have any idea what's happening on the Knicks, I will say. But, I mean, yeah, when you're a sitting duck, what do, what do you care about anything? You just try to win basketball games, I guess. Yeah, I wish I, mean, I wish Big Baby David were here to talk about his last few weeks at work. But yeah, that would be, that'd be good. <laughs> Maybe on the next pod. So, yeah, so Big Baby David retired from working as a worker for Ursinus College, doing stuff in their sports department, writing articles and whatnot, covering basketball and sports in general. And he's going, uh, joining Jumbo Media full-time. So good for him. That's awesome. We're not jealous. We like our jobs. We like going to work every day. Just like everybody else working for the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So, so this Pacers game, a little bit better. No, I mean, I'm, that's a lie. It wasn't a little bit better at all. 
Knicks loses one one hundred six to ninety eight. Loses a fake one hundred six to ninety eight score. The Knicks were losing by twenty two at one point. They cut it to six in the fourth quarter, which was cool. And then the Pacers just didn't let them back. They cut it to six again, and then the Knicks lost by eight. But the Knicks were like just fouling at the very end of the game, like annoyingly so, to the point where the Knicks fouled. Losing by six with three seconds left and no timeouts. Like, what? That one. So the spread of this game was six. So the Pacers made two free throws and they covered. Or it was six and a half, sorry. So the Pacers made two free throws and they covered. So someone on the Knicks, whoever fouled with three seconds left, was betting on the game. And they won their bet. Do you ever bet on these games, Greg? I do not. I do not gamble. Believe it or not, I know I seem like the type of guy who you, would. You really but, do. Yeah, this is surprising. Um, but I do not. Maybe we should start. We're not too old to start. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm moving to New York. We get closer to New Jersey. It's legal in New Jersey. Oh, I forgot you're a lawyer. So Legality thing. Okay. hop over to the bridge to uh, Newark. Just gamble there every Saturday, all day. People do it professionally. That could be your job. You could be like BBB. BBD and uh, re- retire and and just sort of gamble for a living. Yeah, the the Jeopardy guy, who was in the last like year or so, got hot and just did ridiculous stuff. He's a professional gambler. Oh yeah, yeah. He specializes in like real time bets because apparently you can't do math fast enough to get the odds right for real time bets. That's a hot tip Never for our m- listeners. Yeah, so figure out how to bet real time. Figure out the which way you're supposed to bet. Bet way too much. That don't don't listen to that tip. The last one was wrong. Bet the right amount. I mean, if we want to go back to the Pacers game, um, do we? I mean, it started out. <laughs> the The first quarter score is fifteen to ten. It was just like twenty. Uh, oh, 15, 15 to 20. It was just like a major sort of all-star break hangover. No one could hit. Um, Julius Randle started badly, and he um, kind of maintained that level of badness throughout the game. He really struck me as, as <laughs> someone who, who struggled the most. He he will usually at least like hit some free throws. He couldn't hit from there either. He finished two of nine from the field, three of six in the free throw line. For seven points, um, I'm seeing just two turnovers. That's surprising to me. But then four assists, seven boards. He just wasn't a factor. He couldn't do anything against any of the matchups. He couldn't do anything against Miles Turner, not against Sabonis. And then he was mismat- He was matched up a lot against T.J. Warren, and T.J. Warren just wasn't giving any ground. It's like Randall's supposed to be this big, powerful, like traditional power forward and couldn't even move – T.J. Warren, it was very bizarre, but I, I didn't know if it was like an effort thing or if he was just like maybe just rusty from the All-Star break. But, um, you know, I don't want to lead off piling on Randall, but I can't help it because he's our best player and he's just yeah. so inconsistent. It's crazy. Yeah, there's really no problem with, with criticizing your best player when they score seven points in a basketball game. Two for nine, tough. Tough to win when your best player goes two for nine. And he, he was doing the thing a lot where he would drive 
to the paint and get stripped and fall down, and then there'd be a fast break on the other end, and he just wouldn't really get back on defense. It happened multiple times. I took clips of it and almost posted them to Twitter and then decided not to. Um, yeah, that was nice of you. It was, right? It was. I decided just to talk about it on the podcast instead. But um, I don't know. Julius Randle kind of jumped out to me as someone who was bad. I will say Dennis Smith Jr., he finished one of six from the field. Which, I mean, not great. But he had six assists to one turnover, and he actually made plays that looked like basketball plays in the first half. It was very encouraging. He had a couple where he blew by his defender and, and had dump-offs to Mitchell Robinson for dunks. I think we had one in the one in the first half and then one in the third quarter. And I was like, oh, that is what he should be doing frequently. He is so explosive and so quick. But, um, I mean, obviously this line isn't all that impressive. But I, I, will, I made note of it. I was like, Dennis Smith Jr. looks like a basketball player. That's new and noteworthy. Yeah, I think he looked good in the – the first quarter, at least. I know uh, Big Baby David said he's looking at, like an all-star. I think he hit a three at the with like at the buzzer of the first quarter, and those were his three points for the game. So, if you're gonna score, hit a buzzer beater. I, mean, I, I don't know that it was a buzzer beater. It was like two seconds. So, yeah, and I, close, cl- I will close say close enough. I was probably remiss to to talk about Desmond Jr. before this next guy, who was the Knicks probably their best player against the Pacers, and that was R.J. Barrett. Um, He finished with 17 points. He was 8 of 19 from the field, but that includes 0 of 5 from 3. So he was 8 of 13 from inside the arc, which is really good. And he was really taking it to the Pacers' big guys. Like I mentioned before, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. Like He was getting right into their bodies and finishing over them and around them. It was was very impressive, and it was probably the, the best he's looked since he's come back from injury. And uh, I don't know if you want any positive takeaways. It was it was that he had some ugly turnovers for sure, but yeah. uh, I know that's what you're about to bring up, right? But no, no, that's not what I was gonna bring up. But we'll talk about <laughs> that one, that one play later. Okay, I guess we could just do it right now. But, but then we'll get back. But to but the in positives. general, you're saying like R.J. Barrett, you you thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look good. So the, what I was originally gonna say was he had the sequence in the first quarter when. He like uh, just like cut past Oladipo and dunked it, yep. which was good. And then he just drove at Oladipo, had a spin move, strong lefty finish. I know he is lefty, so it was just a strong finish in, in his book. But it, it just looked good, him finishing at the rim like that. I mean, his jump shooting, as you mentioned, 0 for 5 from 3, was tough. You know, you'd like him to, to do a better job. 1 for 3 from the free throw line, one of those was – later in the fourth quarter during our surge when we were trying to make this comeback. And then what you were mentioning was when we were down six with like, I don't know, minute and a half, minute left, RJ Bear just like I don't I want uh it was maybe the worst play <laughs> ever. Right? I don't I think that a lot there's definitely like a lot of plays in the world that are tied with the for the worst play ever and this was probably one this of This is them. one of those. <laughs> So he just, like, was getting ready to charge at the defense, and he just lost the ball directly to the defender. And then the Knicks lost him. It, was, it hurt. It was like yeah. a pick six to end the game sort of thing. It was uh, – I'm actually I'm actually pulling it up now so I could watch it. Um, it didn't make any sense. So, not, like, 
I'm trying to set the scene. So it was just five on five in the half court. R.J. Barrett's up top at the top of the key. I'm watching it right now. So, that yeah, they were down six with 48 seconds left. R.J. Barrett's at the top of the key, and, and he tried to make a crossover. He tried to do a crossover just at the top of the key, and, uh, I, I mean, just slipped out of his left hand and passed it right to like, Jeremy Lamb. His man wasn't on him yet, right? No, I mean, his it was like, it was kind of transition, like he had just sort of picked him up. I mean, he hadn't applied any pressure to R.J. Barrett yet. It was really, it was an unfor- yeah. unforced error entirely. Like, this turnover would have happened regardless if the defender were there or not. Yeah. yeah it was tough, tough, <laughs> tough thing to do with 48 seconds left. And, in you're, and you're like, game. are they going to cut this to to one possession? Could they could they hit a three here, make it a one <laughs> possession game? Oh, um, uh, yeah. That's what makes it the best. But, oh, the, the hope. The hope that you have. You're like, all right, we're going to get a good shot. We're going to shoot a three. And you just get a pass directly, or not even a pass, just like a. <laughs> I'm watching um, this play on a loop right now, and a mistaken dribble. And R.J. Barrett, after he lost it, just continued running towards the basket without a ball in hand, with his head just low. Like he yeah. he knew he had just lost the game. He didn't even get back on defense for a long time. Like, oh god. Yeah, I mean, at that point you're fouling anyway, so you don't need to get back. You just let somebody foul. And- I don't even think they did foul, though. I think they just waited until there was, like, seven seconds left in the shot clock, and then they fouled. That's so true, and Wally kind I of guess. went crazy about that. But uh, yeah. But aside from that, like, R.J. Barrett in general was, was the most impressive he's been in a while. Um, I don't, anyone else jump out to you in this game? I got a couple more guys I think we could talk about. But I mean, Bobby Portis led the charge in the fourth quarter, hit three threes when they were outscoring the Pacers by seven. In this fourth quarter, and this one they cut this twenty-two point lead down to six. And I mean, it's Bobby Portis. This this game is when he's just like making jump shots. You like Bobby Portis when he's like doing, I don't know, anything else. Some people are less in favor of Bobby Portis. Man, I I definitely had some qualms with Bobby Portis in this one. Um, <laughs> this is one where like the stat line just is not indicative of how he played. Like, yes, he, he definitely hit those shots in the fourth quarter to lead kind of a fake comeback. But, I mean, I guess we could even say it was a legit comeback until that R.J. Barrett play. But he ended up being plus 10 for the game. He did have four turnovers, which led the team in turnovers, which is pretty surprising for a big. But in the second quarter, I thought he was just, like, the worst player on the court. He couldn't defend anybody. Like, Sabonis was just having his way with him every single time down the court. And and Portis couldn't he couldn't defend a pick and roll and then he'd get back on offense and just jack along too. It was really I mean the, it's obvious to say this like until he hit those three threes in the fourth, I thought he was the worst player in the game. Like I I was so upset watching Bobby Portis. And it almost makes me more upset that he made those shots cuz then it's like see Bobby Portis is like a good player. It's like no, he's not. He's he's actually really really bad, but uh, but he led the team in scoring. So there you go. Yeah, nineteen points in the game, six for eleven. That's over fifty percent from the field. Bradley Beal didn't even do that. <laughs> the other game. The I'm telling you, man. Game. I almost tweeted it several times in the second quarter, just like get Bobby Portis off of my screen. <laughs> I think a lot of people were tweeting that on Nick's Twitter. I definitely saw that exact a quote. bunch. Yeah. He was he was terrible. He was really bad. But I mean, 
the fact that he saved it in the fourth quarter, that that is credit to him. But I just he had done so much harm at that point. I don't know. I don't know if I can really tip my cap to this performance. Uh team leading plus ten by a lot. Second leader was plus four, Mitchell Robinson. So that's why our, our one game plus minus stat doesn't doesn't always tell the full story, as Tom has indicated here. I mean, the other big plus of this game, Frank Nielakina started the game 32 minutes. Rarely ever see this. I mean, Alfred Payton, as we mentioned, was injured and out, not playing. But Frank, 5 for 11, 14 points. Only two assists, but I mean that's fine. that's fine. But he was the, he was the primary numbers. he was the primary ball handler for his time on the court, right? He wasn't really playing off the ball that much. I guess R.J. Barrett got some lead ball handler situations. Julius Randle always likes to take some himself too. But for the most part, Frank was the lead ball handler. Played 32 minutes and had zero turnovers. That has to be a career record for him for most minutes played without turnover. Because usually he like gets in the game and turns it over instantly, <laughs> at least. At least once or that's, twice. This time is, he went 32 minutes and didn't turn it over once. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's good. I'm impressed by him. And uh, he was the the floor general during that comeback of the fourth quarter. He was leading the way. He had a big three, cut it from nine to six. With, uh, the first time they cut it to six, before there was like 48 seconds left, they did it earlier. And there's probably like... I don't, I don't know. I don't have the exact time. Two to three minutes left. Yeah, I think maybe. I think he hit both of his threes in the fourth quarter, right? I'm pulling him up right now. Um, I would believe that. The fourth quarter seemed like the time when actual things were happening. Nick scored 33 points. In the prior quarters, they scored 20, 24, and 21. Yeah, yeah he hit them uh, one with 10 minutes left in the fourth and then the other one with about 6.50 remaining. Um and got him back into single digits with 650 remaining. Oh, so that didn't cut it to six. I lied to everybody. I apologize. I'm, I didn't mean to call you out either. but uh, I mean, you didn't mean to, but you did it very, very quickly yeah. instead. So let's see. What, t- what time was it when they got it down to six the first time? I need to know the answer now because I'm just wondering. But I will say even – so Frank hit those two threes um, in the fourth. But to open the game – and he also – actually, he also – airballed a wide open corner three which was a major bummer but uh to open the game he just like he takes so many fall away mid-range jumpers for a point guard who i mean he did have a a height advantage over tj mcconnell for a lot of the game but when he was his defender but like i don't know i don't like i don't love frank just settling for mid-rangers and he does it a lot it's just it's he sometimes he'll hit him like I think he hit two. Yeah, he hit two mid rangers, but then he also had that one play where he he drove it, and like had a nice layup. Uh, he was driving to his right, I think, off a pick and roll from Randall, and had a nice had a nice like little floater, righty floater up off the glass. And it's like I, I'd much rather see him try and get into the paint and use his length and finish around guys than than like pull up for fall away mid rangers, which. He's got to be shooting in the thirty percent like range on. So I don't know. I'm that's one area of development I want to see from him is just stop settling for mid rangers, not altogether, yeah, those, but, but but yeah, do it less. Those young Knicks love their mid rangers. Frank Knox, R.J. Barrett, all 
shooting mid-range jumpers all all game. Anyways, so I figured it out. 6.15 left was the, when they first cut it to 6. And so I wasn't, I was wrong, but Frank hit a 3 to cut it to 8. And then on the next possession, R.J. Barrett cut it to 6. So it was like very close in time. So you guys don't have to hate me. Just uh, <laughs> lied one time. I was I was close to being right. That's what matters. So some encouragement in this game, as we mentioned, the minutes distribution: Frank thirty-two, R.J. Barrett twenty-seven, Knox seventeen, Robinson seventeen. Both those guys have five fouls. Dotson twenty-three minutes. That's kind of like what you want to see. Obviously, you want Mitch and. Knox getting more minutes, but like I said, both those guys had five fouls. Um, I don't know they would have played more anyway. Mitch probably would have, but Knox Knox be Knoxing, you know, one for three, four points, just being Kevin Knox in general. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he got in the game, he turned the ball over twice in a row, and Wally called him out on it. He's just like, you got to be ready. Uh, um, Yeah, one of them was just throwing the ball directly out of bounds. Yeah, he thought that Mo Harkless was going to cut baseline. And actually, I think Mo Harkless probably should have cut baseline. But, I mean, I don't know. It just was a lack of chemistry there. But um, Knox also had a really nice pass to Mitch. A nice alley-oop to him. He was, like, driving to the middle and threw a nice little righty uh, lob to Mitch. And so that was was really nice and something you want to see from Knox. But in general, it was a – not an overly impressive performance from from Knox. He he hit one shot, and I think his foot was like he had like a toe on the line. So yeah, oh yeah. So they called it a three, and then they came back from like a commercial and told us that it wasn't a three anymore. It was a bummer. You you hate when that happens these days. Yeah, it kind of happens a lot to the Knicks. I feel like Bobby Portis is always has a toe on the line at least like once a game, but. Yeah, that sounds right. But it also sounds like you don't like Bobby Portis. I so maybe, really maybe we can't maybe we can't trust you. I am an one. unreliable narrator on Bobby Portis stats, but uh, yeah, I I don't really have anything else to say about this game in particular. I guess the Wayne Ellington DNP CD that's notable. I guess I mean considering. Yeah, I mean I, you never know what's going to happen with Wayne Ellington. There was a long stretch of time when he was getting those. Then there was a long or, or a short stretch of time where we relied on him heavily to lead our fourth quarter charges, and now we're back to him getting DNPCD. So you really never know what's going on with Wayne Ellington. Yeah, and I guess, and we really won't know what's going to happen once once Peyton comes back. Like you got to think that he he's going to be the the starting point guard, the point guard who gets the most minutes. And that Frank is gonna have to, you know, carve his minutes out elsewhere in in the shooting guard spot, like instead of Reggie Bullock, maybe. Or I don't know. I, uh, do, yeah. do you want to like talk any more like about the rotations but, or minutes or anything like that? Yeah, that's fine by me. Um, like, what should we want I mean, to see? Like, I I don't know. Like, what what, what there are some fans out there, and we talk about this like maybe every week. I think you said this podcast is like Groundhog's Day. I think that may have been before we were recording, but I know I've said some fans out there want to see the 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 young guys go in like 
take the minutes away from the vets and earn them and like it be kind of a meritocracy in the Knicks organization where it's like you're not going to just be spoon-fed minutes because you're Kevin Knox and, and the organization wants you to have them. But at the same time, Knox sh- developing Knox should be a priority and a major part of development is getting those getting into like gameplay situations and and yes making mistakes and and learning from those mistakes so where where do you land on it and is it different than last time i asked you this question like two weeks ago (laughs) uh no i mean i just want we just need to see more willingness to play like two two point guards i know we've seen it more recently i think we saw Ben Smith Jr. and Frank in the game at the same time. A couple weeks back, we see an Alfred Payton and Frank in the same fourth quarter charge lineup recently. So yeah, we have we've been seeing a decent amount of Frank at the off guard position, and that's it's a great way to get Frank in the game. Um, you know, but again, if you want to try and develop him as a point guard, if that's your priority as an organization, then you do also want to see those minutes like. like be split and Alfred Payton not not always have to be on the court is kind of like a crutch for for Frank. Yeah, I just I just need him on the court at this point, just uh because I mean obviously he needs to develop his point guarding, but also his basketball every, playing, every, yeah, his basketballing in general. So, <laughs> I mean obviously we we want Knox playing more. I mean it doesn't appear he's going to get sent down to the G League. The G League season is ending rapidly uh rapidly approaching the end of it and so, so you're not worried about like the message it sends to the players in the locker room who are clearly playing better than kevin knox and knox is still you know being given these minutes is that is that a bad message to send um well i mean no probably not i mean it hasn't happened yet so I guess when it does happen, the Knicks are so bad that they're 17 and 39 that you're you're, you're really gonna gonna complain about not playing, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what these guys are up to. No, I'm I'm with that, and like as a player, you kind of have to understand. Like they always say, it's a business, and like they need to understand that the organization has to prioritize their future versus. It's like yeah. It's like DeAndre Jordan last year was just like, all right, I'll just sit here. I don't really care. He was a good guy. Maybe everybody else should be like that, and they'll get rewarded by their friends and get $40 million contracts even though they aren't good anymore. (laughs) So good things come to those who sit on the end of the Knicks bench while they try to do something. Tank, maybe? You just got to have really popular friends. Yeah. That's that's the goal. I'm sure Wayne Ellington seems like a nice guy. To, to, uh, that's probably the nicest thing I could say about him. He looks like a nice guy. I don't know. I mean, we'll see if any of these guys get bought out. I doubt it. And I think Bobby Porter said he wasn't going to get – he didn't want to get bought out just because he's 25 and he needs all the money he can get. But I don't know that it actually matters because, like, the Knicks could just pay him the entire amount and then just let him leave, too. But, again, that probably won't happen. Uh, Mo Harkless not getting bought out. That only leaves you with Allington. So, we'll see if Allington gets bought out, I guess. I don't know. 
All right, Craig. So is there anything that you want to see for the rest of the season? Like, if, if is there some box that if it gets checked, you could be like, okay, I feel decent. I feel decently about the way this season ended. Like, what has to happen? Well, it's a tough question. I think you would like to see a game where Frank, R.J. Barrett, Knox, and Mitchell Robinson all start. Do you think that's possible? Uh, that they all start or that they all get, like, significant minutes together? Um I guess they could just play together. I guess it doesn't matter who starts, but ideally those four people would be on the court. I mean, throwing Dotson, but I'm just trying to be more realistic. Because, like, obviously maybe that's not even realistic. I don't know already. But those are the four guys who are the most highly invested in by this organization, I believe. So hopefully – they can all get on the court at the same time. That seems like something that would be useful. I don't know. We'll see if it works out. Obviously, three of those guys, I mean, I don't. I have no idea. Frank just played 32 minutes coming off a game when he played 11 minutes. So none of us know what's happening with this minutes rotation. So every day we just try, try to figure it out. We need uh, Reggie Bullock and Taj Gibson to just decide to to rest for the rest of the season, take a break. You know what I mean? The goal in life is really just to hang out and get paid without doing anything. So maybe if I was in the NBA, I'd be down with that. But I assume these guys like to play basketball. So maybe if I was in the NBA, I wouldn't like to do that. Does it surprise you that – Frank, Barrett, Knox, and Mitch haven't played together at the same time? I mean, it doesn't surprise me based on watching the Knicks. It surprises me, though, based on the fact that, that those four people should play basketball at the same time. I'm actually very troubled. I'm, like, trying to see if I messed this up. Like in putting this into NBA.com, the, the, their lineup tracking data, but it looks like it looks like they've never played together. Frank, R.J., Knox, and Mitch, the core four, who all play different positions, haven't played together. That's that's insane. I. So I guess I'm right, and that that's our goal for the season is just to get those four people on the court for. One second together. Then we'll call the season a success. All right, let me just see if... <laughs> uh, I mean, this isn't your first time working with the uh, lineup tracker. I'm, no, I'm, so I'm, so actually, no, okay. I, I did. I figured out what, what was going on here, I think. All right, so they've played every single game together no, the, 35, okay. 35 minutes. So I was looking at per game... Uh, stats and there's a threshold for like minutes per game. Um, so so now if you just look at totals, they have played a total of 33 minutes together this season. They are minus 22 in those 33 minutes, which is just terrible, which is really bad. But who cares? Like the team is really bad. They're losing anyway. 
I've seen the Knicks go minus 22 in five minutes, so <laughs> who cares? I, I Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm glad I got to the bottom of that. So they have played – they've played 33 total minutes spread across 17 different games. So that's like less than two minutes a game. Less than two minutes a game and only 17 games of the – how many have they played so far? 56? Too many. 56. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like for all intents and purposes, they really haven't played together <laughs> very much, not even yeah. for a total game over the course of the season. And uh, granted, it has been absolute garbage <laughs> when it's been in. But to, to be fair, we don't know who that fifth person has been, right? Like it could have been Bobby Portis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bobby Portis at one point, Wayne Ellington at another point, probably. Really, and who did you I mean, say? You said it should be Dotson. No, I was just saying that he's the young gun, the other young person on this team. Him and Dennis Smith Jr. But so one of those two would be the other fifth person if you wanted the all young gun lineup out there. But I was going more for like the real, like core picks. Yeah, so the three lottery guys and Mitch. So I got the all, the all young gun lineup here. That's Frank, Barrett, Dotson, Knox, and Mitch has played a total of four minutes across two different games. They are minus five in those four minutes. Um, it tells you absolutely nothing about <laughs> about this. I mean, the fact that it's played four minutes is pretty insane. Um. So yeah, no, I'm actually with you. I would like to see that that number go up from four to, you know, much higher than four. <laughs> like, I mean, it's really crazy, especially how many times the Knicks have been losing by twenty in the fourth quarter of this season. They at no point the coach was just like, "All right, losing by twenty in the fourth quarter, this one's over." Let's draw out the young guys. You, you guys just go out there, and we can lose by thirty, and it'll be the same result. All right. Maybe the, I guess that'll be the attitude for the rest of the season. Losing by third is the same as losing by twenty. I just gotta get I gotta we gotta get to Madison Square Garden and hold up a sign that says that. Let them know that it's okay. And now that you're moving there, that'd be pretty easy for you. That'll be very easy. I'll have a big sign painted. Nick's colors and just every night. Should we go back to the hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, I actually did have something I wanted to say. So I'm drinking orange juice now that I just bought at the store. And I, I bought like accidentally like diet orange juice. Diet orange juice? Apparently that's a thing. It's like low, it's like low, so, low sugar? Yeah. Drop 50. 50 calories. So it's just like... I don't know how many calories normal orange juice has, so Chop 50 doesn't really do anything for me. But Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that orange juice was unhealthy enough to need the diet version. I guess there is a lot of sugar, but my, my question for Chop 50 is, do they add the, the fake sugar? Do they add the sucralose or the, you know, the, the stevia or whatever, the fake sugar? Because I hate the way that stuff tastes. Maybe. I mean, I can assume so i guess i don't know 
I don't know what the difference would be between adding that and just subtracting sugar. The difference is it just like cuts the caloric intake while making it taste worse. Yeah, I just don't know if like less sugar also tastes bad is basically what I'm saying. You know, like if they didn't add in salvia. <laughs> salvia. Just like, <laughs> it's just, they just took out some of the sugar. Would it still taste bad anyway? You guys adding salvia to your orange juice in Vermont? Um, I wasn't. <laughs> Some people were. <laughs> no, <laughs> that'd be crazy. It seems like a, a skier thing to do, though. It really does. A little opera ski. Man, ski people. I'm pretty like uh, not a ski person. Like when it's cold outside, I'm like, man. Wish it wasn't cold outside. Let, let's stay inside. But, yeah. But those people are like, let's go ski. Let's go on top of this mountain where it's way colder. Yeah, where it's super windy coming down. And then you fall <laughs> and it's like you get all wet. Oh, yeah. Man. But people like to ski. And I could see, I, I went snowboarding one time and I could understand why people would like it. I didn't have the best experience. But. I can understand why someone else would think it was the best experience. Yeah, I'm not much of a ski guy myself. I've done it probably like six times, and it's it's pretty fun. But uh, I, you know, I don't need to keep. It, it's expensive. It's it's a whole thing, you know. It's like a whole thing every time you want to do it. There's a lot of equipment. There's a lot of like walking in these giant boots. It, it's just it's a whole thing. Yeah, that's why we stick to hoops. You just get up and put on the shoes and get on the court. I'm hooping twice this week. I have a game, a rec league game on Tuesday with your cousins, and then I'm playing uh, in in Woodbridge, Connecticut, with maybe you, certainly Kenny, uh, on sa- on Saturday. Oh, I'm not going to make it. Ah, okay. What time is it? I, I have to go to a brunch, a birthday brunch party. You always have birthday brunch parties. How is that possible i don't think i don't think that's true i think i go like one every year and it's the same person's <laughs> so i mean is there anything else we want to say about the knicks or should we just give up i don't know keep talking about hey how are you i mean the knicks and we've had 50 minutes of conversation now i guess we could briefly mention the rising stars challenge rj barrett scored 27 points he was over from three there as well, but he did a cool like reverse dunk at the end of it when everyone was trying to dunk it and missing, but he made his, so we should be proud of him. Yeah, but ESPN.com gave him an F in their grading system, so he got an F. Well, that's one of those things where just because you led the team in scoring like Bobby Portis doesn't mean you deserve good grade. <laughs> I can't believe my own words are being used against R.J. Barrett right now, but... No, but that was just like uh, the dumb thing to write by the guy who wrote that. I forget who wrote it. It was just click. Was it Kevin Pelton? It was just clickbait. Yeah, it sounds true. So he just said F. He fouled Zion during this game, which was like. uh, Which is such a ludicrous thing to say because the reason the All-Star game was so much fun was because the players were actually trying in the fourth quarter, and Kyle Lowry was like taking charges. I mean, Kyle Lowry may have gone a little overboard, but – the spirit of that was what made it enjoyable. So I don't, I don't buy into that at you know whatsoever. I like when they try at least a little. 
Yeah, I mean, then you're actually just getting the best basketball players playing hard against each other, which is cool. You want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about this upcoming week? There's a bunch of games until oh, four game week. Four games before we pod next. Wow, two of these winnable, three on the road. We got the starting off with the Houston Rockets, who have revolutionized the game of basketball. They don't play anyone over six eight anymore. Maybe Jeff Green just joined the team. I think he's six nine. I don't know if he plays yet. Probably not. My, bi- Seems like Jeff- my biggest worry about this one is just Harden fouling out every single player on the Knicks. Like, Do you remember last year when Harden was on that absolute tear and we were all like, how many points do you think he's going to score against the Knicks? And we all like predicted like 60. We, we all guessed did. like 60 to 70. <laughs> and then he did it. Oh, then he scored a 60. <laughs> that was funny. But that was great. All right, so Rockets at the Hornets. At Philadelphia versus the Chicago Bulls, who are currently on an eight-game losing streak. So, Rockets, we'll probably call that one a loss. Hornets have been, uh, they've they've not been nice to us this year. We definitely, last time we played them, we should have won, but we just lost instead. I think the Hornets were, if they didn't win the basketball game, I would have said, the Hornets look like the worst team I've ever seen when I watched the the Knicks play the Hornets last time they played each other. But instead, the Knicks were the worst team I've ever seen. So Hornets, I'll call that one a W just because I don't, don't want to lose to the Hornets again. Sixers have been cold recently. They just got a, a little bit back on track uh, the other day. I think they won. They beat somebody. I don't remember who. I guess I could just click and tell you guys. Then the Bulls, eight-game losing streak. That one's at home on a Saturday. New York City will be bumping. We'll call that one a W. So I'm going for a two-and-two-week. The Sixers beat the Nets is the game I was talking about. Okay, maybe that's not back on track. They also lost to the Bucks by 21. So who knows? Who knows what the Sixers are up to? I got two-and-two. Two. What do you got, Tom? Um. Well, I'm definitely not going to take three-and-one. So I think that one and three, I think I think we could beat the Bulls at home. Um, I don't know about these games on the road. I'm uh, I'm a little dubious of those. Even even against Charlotte in Charlotte. Um, yeah, give me one and three with a win against the Bulls. I don't like the odds against the Sixers. In particular, I think Joel Embiid is just gonna like th- these are just guys who like draw so many fouls. And Mitchell Robinson is just going to have such a hard time staying on the court. And when he's not on the court, it's it's really a struggle because he's our best interior big. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take one and three prediction here. That's fair. I just really want to beat the Hornets is my thing because we have their pick. Um, earlier they beat us on a Devontae Grant buzzer beater at the beginning of the season, and then they beat us 97-92. And one of Mark and Morris' last games, that's when he hit, like, the – the three that would have been the four-point play, but then the refs decided that it was an offensive foul. That was terrible. And then we just lost by five, and it was bad. So we just have bad memories of the Hornets this year, and we have their second-round pick. So if we beat them, that'll be better for us. So we're just trying to help ourselves out, really. True, but if you get the win, then doesn't that kind of hurt your odds a little bit? 
Whoa, boom, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> so do we want a better first-round pick or a better second-round pick? I guess it's that's just one of life's unanswerable questions. I feel like it is answerable. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We'll let it slide. Uh, we don't know the answer to this one. Anyways, <laughs> we've had fun. Somehow we, we still managed to have fun despite talking about the Knicks. Uh Follow us on Twitter at Talking Knicks. Follow Tom at Tom underscore Piccolo. Yeah, uh, um, I'm gonna get back to tweeting about these games. Probably tweeting out some videos. I I want to write something. I really do, but there's I just haven't had anything interesting to say. So, I don't, if you guys have ideas for what I should write about, if you're like, hey, I wonder about this, definitely tweet at me because I'm open to suggestions. I've kind of had a little uh, writer's block, but uh, yeah, I, I'd like to do something. So uh, let me know. All right. It sounds fun. We've had fun. Leave a five-star review if you feel so inclined. Um, thanks for listening. Go Knicks. Let's go Knicks.